Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, we got an important mailbag segment today. Lots of questions, of course. All answers guaranteed 100% correct or your money back. That's the key part here. Going to start, however, with a, a little uh, news from Vanity Fair. Giselle Munchen, the... You, say you have a subscription ex- to that magazine, don't you? Well, you know what? I thought my wife did. <laughs> I was looking for it. I said, oh, Giselle's on the cover? Where is this magazine? Because we subscribe to a lot of magazines. Um, that one I do not have, but I might be picking it up at a newsstand near me. Um, she was on the cover of the latest issue, and she spoke uh, pretty openly about her divorce from the GOAT, Tom Brady, which they announced back in October. Um, she called the divorce the death of my dream. And the most, you know, one of the most interesting things, because we've all, you know, people have speculated, um, that you know Tom's decision to unretire after 40 days he was out and then he came back that somehow you know that was sort of a breaking point you know that 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 was the tipping point of of their marriage um you know falling apart uh she says no um she's fairly adamant about it um she said that wow people really made it about that what's been said is one piece of a much bigger puzzle it's not black and white And she called the claims, quote, very hurtful and the craziest thing I've ever heard. She said, listen, I've always cheered for him and I would continue forever. If there's one person I want to be happiest in the world, it's him. Believe me, I want him to achieve and to conquer. I want all his dreams to come true. That's what I want really from the bottom of my heart. So interesting that, you know, again, perception versus reality. And I I think we're all you know, smart enough to know that it's never one thing, right? That, you know, relationships after 13 years of marriage, you're not part of that relationship. So it's hard to sort of analyze it from 30,000 feet. But clearly, you know, over the years, she has expressed sort of her willing, you know, her desire for him to stop playing for a lot of reasons. Um, There's, you know, she's mentioned his health. She's mentioned a lot of things. But what she said, and, and I think this is true in a lot of relationships that end up in divorce is she said, you know, sometimes you grow together. Sometimes you grow apart. And when I was 26 years old and he was 29, that's, that's incredible. You know, that's young people. Uh, he goes, we met. Uh, she said, we wanted a family. We wanted things together. And as time goes by, we realized that we just wanted different things. And now we have a choice to make. That doesn't mean you don't love the person. It just means that in order for you to be authentic and truly love the life that you want to live, you have to have somebody who can meet you in the middle, right? It's a dance. It's a balance. This is the quote that's going to get a lot of attention. She said, when you love someone, you don't put them in jail and say, you have to live this life. You set them free to be who they are. And you want, if if you want to fly in the same direction, then that's amazing. Uh, The jail part, mm, I don't know. I mean, that's their relationship. She's been working since she was 13. She obviously 
um, took you know more than twelve years, thirteen years off from being the world's greatest supermodel to raise their children, and they have two together. Plus, he has you know Jack from Bridget Moynihan. Um, but I think you know it's sort of her turn to to set the record straight with respect to this was not about football. Now, I would say this, um, and I I would agree with that just in general. There, there's more to it than that, but to have from my information sort of like early in camp we know that he he left for a day then he came back and then he left for 10 days so clearly after training camp started and they were getting ready for the preseason that you know that that's when it all kind of fell apart that's when the tipping point sort of happened and he had to deal with that and we saw the weight loss we saw a lot of things but you know again i I I always felt like the, you know there was more to it than simply if you play it's an ultimatum such that was never in my mind that was never mm-hmm. the case because they were together all off season and they would have had many times to discuss this and you know he he came back in early March and it was July late July when he left camp the first time and there was you know obvious, obvious you know signs of trouble in the marriage so that's a lot of time to have those conversations, right, before you get to training camp. So I don't think it was one thing. What if – and let me play devil's advocate here. Sure. What if the whole jail comment wasn't she putting him in jail, but she feels like he put her But in her jail. locking him up, yeah. Mm-hmm. That but with football, his Fox right. deal, all his right. other stuff, that mm-hmm. I'm in jail stuck dealing with the kids – Sure. Well, you're off doing all this stuff. Maybe it wasn't really her to him, but him to her, she's referring to. Yeah, I mean, that that could certainly be it. I mean, I, and, and also I think there's a there's sort of a an implied message that she wants him to be happy. I think that mm-hmm. they've spent a lot of time together as parents, as, as a husband and wife, that, you know, you get to the point where you feel like you each deserve to, you know, to, to find your own happiness. And so if football playing football is what it did for him, she wasn't going to stand in his way. Um, ultimatums. I think those things are, you know, sort of tough. I mean, ultimately he played one more season and it didn't go well. And I think that, you know, if you gave him sodium pentothal, and again, I don't think this cost him his marriage, but probably if you, if you, uh, you know, if you gave him some truth serum, he would probably admit that, it, you know what, it probably wasn't worth coming back. And I know he doesn't look at things like that. I mean, he's always sort of in the moment guy. But at the end of the day, think about the season they had, you know, with the personal problems, with, with all that went on. Um, the, the You know, the stress, and you could see it, the, the, you know, the bad offensive line, which, by the way, that was the other that was the other thing she mentioned was that she trashed the offensive line as if they didn't have enough heat already. <laughs> I mean, hey, Jason Light, are you reading this? Um, and we know, and you know what? And it's undeniable. I mean, they, they were bad up front. Um, but she said that, you know, even though they were still cheering right up until the end, she said it was tough. But you know what? Let's just be honest. It's a team sport, and you can't play alone. I think he did great under the circumstances that he had. I mean, he had no offensive line. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch, babe. That one's gonna leave, that's gonna leave a mark. 
Um, so flash forward several months and Donovan Smith has been released, right? Um, you know, you've got to figure out what you're going to do at the, you know, at the, at the left, left tackle position. If you're going to move Tristan Wirfs, then you need a right tackle. What about the guard positions? Is Robert Haynes going to play one? What about the other one? Because, you know, you, you've, you've traded Shaq Mason. So they're still totally in flux. And I, I think too, I was talking to someone close to Baker Mayfield just the other day and they said, yeah, you know, everything looks really good, but they got to find another tackle. <laughs> and they really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if Worf's moves, uh, unless, you know, you, you can make the switch um, to Luke Gedeke playing right tackle, which he played at Central Michigan, unless he's really good there, effective there, you may have to draft a guy. I mean, that might be the first pick. If I was just handicapping this team, you know, you have a lot of needs. And, you know, at 19, you can probably get the same player at 23. 24, 27, maybe move down, pick up some draft picks. You need an edge rusher. You definitely need, um, you know, a, a, an offensive tackle, either right or left, depending on what you're going to do with Worfs. Those are two, you know, two of the biggest needs, as well as an inside linebacker to eventually replace Levante. So they have a ton of them, but very high on the list is the offensive line because that's the one thing that I think, you know, it got them last year. Now they're going to do some stuff with outside zones and, RPOs and get the quarterback outside the pocket and you know they'll they'll help those guys right the movement in the pocket will help them but what won't help them is they won't have Brady diagnosing things in 2.2 seconds right Baker Mayfield's going to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than that so you know sometimes those mobile quarterbacks lead the league in sacks um, because they are able to extend plays and there's nothing there and they get they get you know they get sacked at least you know with Brady where he's going to be in the pocket so it's a double-edged sword, but even Giselle says, if you're looking for draft advice, she says, give me an offensive line. So pretty interesting. Check it out in Vanity Fair. All right, we got some uh, mailback questions we'll get to in just a minute. But first, I remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 13 years There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. You won't find that anywhere. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products, and they conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install to fit your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. All those guys up there... With the solar panels on the roof, those are Billy Mays guys, and that's important. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, we got some mailbag questions today. Let's get started. Well, let's start with that offensive line. And Kyle had uh, tweeted us. He said, could the Bucks be interested at possibly acquiring Jonah Williams to play at left tackle if the compensation is good enough to part with and keep Tristan Wirfs at right tackle? Or is it best to keep the picks and trade down for more picks and develop an O-line prospect that we draft? I mean, if this were last year or the year before, you know, that, that would seem like uh, a nice thing to pursue. I just, I simply think they need to get younger as a team overall and, and for financial reasons, as they try to, you know, pay the bills, as it, as it were, and get down, you know, to the salary cap levels um, for not just this year, but future years, really, to me, the draft is going to be as important as anything they do. I and mean, we know what they've done in free agency 
And I think they've done very well, you know, bringing back Jamel Dean, Levante David. Um, they had to make tough decisions, obviously, with Donovan Smith and Cam Braid and Leonard Fournette and such. But the way in this league you get better um, is, and especially this team, which has been the oldest team in the NFL for three years, and not just because of Tom Brady, is you need to to start, you know, replenishing with young players that you have control over for five, four or five years. And, you know, that's one of the reasons Brady was attracted to this team. And you remember the Donovan Smiths and the Ali Pets; those guys were in the same draft class. Um, and so, you know, then they then they traded around and got Tristan Wirfs and, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. Like, the, the draft is so important, but I really think that, you know, yes, you can go the free agent route. Now, they have some guys on their roster, Brandon Walton being one that they would try at right tackle. We mentioned Luke Gedeke. So if, if you have to play today, you can put five out there. But I, I think the draft, and, and I think also, you know, you're looking for volume, uh, you know, quantity as well as quality. Because really at 19 through, I don't know, 32, is there much difference in the, in the type of player? It's just beauties in the eye of the beholder. It's what position you're trying to, trying to fill. So um, for what they've been through the last few years, using veterans, bringing in veterans um, for a quick fix, that would have made sense, you know, a year or two ago. But I, I think in this case, um, as much as you can, you you want to use the draft to replenish that offensive line because it did get old. I mean, gosh, I mean, this guy's played nine years. I mean, it went by in a hurry, you know, and Ali retired after just eight seasons and, you know, had just made a Pro Bowl. So, you know, those guys have been at it for a while. So, you know, you need to you need to get back in there and, and, and start restocking and that's the word they use, not rebuilding, not reloading. They say restocking, and I think it starts at the offensive line. All right, Michael tweeted us. He says, are there any Bucks free agents that the front office would like to bring back? Well, I, I think that the ones they would have liked to have brought back, um, you know, a few of them have already gone elsewhere. I'm thinking about Mike Edwards, the safety who went to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's going to be great in that defense. He has tremendous ball skills. And with a front uh, seven that they have uh, and the ability to go after the passer, especially when you have a lead because you have Patrick Mahomes and you get in the fourth quarter and you're, you're pinning your ears back, I think he's going to have a lot of interceptions. Um, and, you know, the other one, of course, would have been Sean Murphy bunting, but they elected instead to pay Jamel Dean. So you got him and Carlton Davis. You would have liked to have had some depth there. Um, could there be some guys still, you know, trickle back in? I mean, we've seen the Patrick O'Connors and, um, you know, the like of that. Uh, I mean, there'll be a few, but there'll be mostly minimum contracts at this point. I mean, what they're doing is, at least for the first year, you can sign 100 of these guys. You only got 90 on the roster, but you can sign as many as you want to to minimum deals if their base salary in the first year is the NFL minimum $1.08 million. And then you can do whatever you want to with voidable years and stuff after that um, and guarantee them money. But then there'll be some, you know, some pushback and, and, and some dead cap money if you cut these guys. So I've looked at that list. Could there be one or two? Yeah, but I don't look for Scotty Miller. I don't look for Bashard Perriman. I don't look for, you know, some of the names of players that we've seen do stuff here in the past, right? Um, I think they'll go through the draft, and then there'll be another round of free agency at a bargain basement price because teams that don't, you know, meet their needs in the draft, will then go back into free agency and pick up some of these veterans. I mean, Leonard Fournette's not signed. 
And Leonard Fournette's going to end up on a football team if he wants to play. I have no doubt about that. But it may be after the draft with a team that wasn't able to fill that need in, you know, um, with a rookie. So there'll be some of that. So could there be some guys come back? Yeah, but primarily the guys that have played the most football for them are either on other teams or they've already they've already been re-signed. So I think I think from here on out there'll be maybe a smattering, a sign one or two, but I I think they're pretty much done. Um and they'll they'll turn their attention to the draft and start hosting players as they already have and um then there'll be a second wave of free agency later. All right, Ellis tweeted us. He says, "Which happens first? Levante David retires or you leave Twitter?" I really appreciated you highlighting how people have a lot of trouble clicking a link and reading words. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a whole thing the other day, and maybe it was my fault. I didn't say, you know, when I retweeted it and quoted the tweet, I didn't say, hey, read this John Romano column, you know, which I probably should have done, but I just sort of retweeted it, and people don't read it. They don't click on it. They don't see that there's a different byline, literally the first couple words of the entire column. Um uh, that's that's just social media, right? But um, I'm not leaving Twitter, uh, even though it's uh, uh, like I said, Bucks Twitter can be you know a, a dark place with broken glass and you know poor lighting and street lights and dogs barking and all of that. Um, I, you know, it's it's how you communicate with with your readers. With um, it, it becomes a scorecard, if you will, for breaking news. Um, there's a lot of good things about social media. That's not one of them. So Levante David is going to retire, I think, after ne- – he's year to year at this point. I mean, he's gone from $12.5 million, He's going to play for $7 million. It's clear to me he wants to finish his career in Tampa Bay. I would think that we're at the end of that, 33 years old. He had a great year, and that's why they brought him back. But they have to address the inside linebacker spot, and they're going to have to sign Devin White to about a $100 million contract next year. So, you know, their resources at that position are going to be limited. I don't know that they're going to have money for another free agent signing of, of uh, Levante David. So I would look at this as this is probably David's last season, and it's not my last season on Twitter, unfortunately, <laughs> as much as I'd like it to be. All right, Greg tweeted us. He says, if Kyle Trask beats out Baker Mayfield, does that say more about Kyle being good or Baker being bad? And what position is in most need of an infusion of youth on the team? It's a great question. Um, I was asked this question the other day uh, on Bay News, or Spectrum Sports, Bay News 9, whatever, on my appearance, weekly appearance there, and it was like, what outcome would the Bucks be rooting for? You know, okay, like if you're, if you're Jason Light or you're Todd Bowles, you know, and obviously, you know, you could say, well, I don't have a dog in a hunt. Well, yeah, you do, because this is your quarterback. So what would be best for this franchise? Well, what would be best is for Kyle Trask to win the job. And I mean, you know, be better than Baker Mayfield. Not that you don't want Baker to, you know, to, to look horrible, fall apart, but you know what? He's not going to, I mean, he, he's a guy that um, loves football. He's a quick study. We saw that with the Rams when he was able to go in after 48 hours and, and win a game on Thursday night against the Raiders, bring him back from 16 to three. And he's just played, he's thrown for 16,000 yards and a hundred touchdowns. Kyle Trask has thrown nine passes in this league and completed three of them in a mop-up duty against Atlanta, the regular season game they didn't try to win. So everything is stacked against Kyle Trask. And, you know, right down to the fact that, you know, they they changed the offense that he's been in for two years. They, they gave him an, a new um, quarterback's coach. Like, 
all these things that would not, you think, on the surface help Kyle Trask is, is stuff that he has to now deal with, including a very strong personality, right, an alpha in Baker Mayfield. And, you know, the one advantage I think Kyle might have is the familiarity with the players. Um, he, he should have made relationships and forged relationships with these guys in two years, even though, you know, he didn't throw to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin primarily. He did, you know, he has been around them. He has thrown to some of those guys and some of the other guys like Devin Tompkins and others. So th- he knows the lay of the land. Like this is sort of his home court, if you will. Baker's coming in here as a hired gun, one-year deal, right? Make it contract, $4 million, certainly not committed to him. Kyle Trask is under contract for two more years. And and then, you know, they could extend him. So, if you know, as a rookie in a rookie deal, not that not that Baker's cost him a lot of money, but if Baker goes out and knocks it out of the park and follows the Geno Smith model, he's looking at $90 million for three years. So, yeah, um, in terms of building a team, um, this was the reason you drafted him in the second round. You wanted to develop him slowly. You wanted him to come around. I think not that they're pulling for one guy or the other. We've talked about this, Steve. You and I believe that that there is no tryout here, that Baker is is here to, to take the job, and, and they're comfortable with that. But it will be at least constructed and operated as a true quarterback competition. In other words, they've not had that since Jason Light has been here, you know. Um, and so you'll you'll have both players playing with, you know, number one starters, um, both in practice and in preseason games, and that's something Trask has never done. So they'll split the reps. It'll be a true competition, and the best man will win. And if if Kyle, if Kyle Trask wins, that means he outperformed Baker Mayfield – He'd have to be pretty good. He'd have to play pretty well to do that in my book, just because of the advantage that Baker has um, in the in the football universe and having been in the fire. You know, like I mean, again, mop up duty in Atlanta in in week seventeen in a game you're not trying to win and going three for nine is not the same thing as you know having five five head coaches, six offensive coordinators, um, going eleven and and. Uh, you know what, eleven and five, and winning a playoff game your third year with Cleveland, and then bouncing around to your fourth team since last July. He's been, as Tom Brady said one one time, I've been through some bleep. Baker Mayfield has been through some bleep. Kyle Trask is about to go through it, and he doesn't know what he's about to go through because it's going to be new to him. It's not going to be new to Baker. So, but if you're just asking me what's best for the organization. It's that your draft pick that you invested a second round pick in. You know, don't forget that's that's draft capital. You want that guy on that wall. You need him on that wall. So you'd love for him to win the job. That's what's best for the organization. I just don't think it's going to happen in my mind. We'll see, but no question that financially, um, you know, from a uh, talent evaluation standpoint, from all the work you've invested in this guy for two years, all the reps, all the throwing on the side, everything he's done, you would love to see him win it. I mean, truly. Um, and he's a younger player and all that. But I just think it's an uphill battle for him. All right, well, Les followed up with a question. says, Rick, if or when Baker wins the job, does Kyle Trask, and he, if Kyle Trask doesn't play this year, does that make him mm-hmm. a bust and a waste of a second-round pick? Well... 
I mean, I guess in as much as you had a plan and he wasn't able to fulfill it, you know, I don't know. The word bust is always tough, especially at the quarterback position, you know, because so much of this is about timing, where you go, um, the players around you, you know, whoever's under center, let's be honest, this is not a great roster, right? And, and, and because they have spent the last three years trying to fill every nook and cranny with experience, with veterans, spent money, pushed money, all that stuff. And now they're having to get their house in order. So while there's pieces here, and there are, you know, the Mike Evans, the Chris Godwins, the Tristan Wirfs, you know, Levante Davids and, um, you know, Devin Whites and, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr., all those guys. So you have pieces, right? It's not a bad football team by any means, especially in the NFC South. They'll be competitive for sure. Um, but in as much as, like, you took a flyer on Trask knowing Brady was going to be your quarterback. Now, this could have happened a year ago. In fact, they were prepared for it to happen. They didn't know that Brady was going to change his mind after 40 days. And they were going to make it an open competition between Trask and Blaine Gabbert. Now, Gabbert's not in the picture yet. Maybe he reemerges and, and they re-sign him. But going back to a question we had asked later or earlier, I you know, they need a third quarterback. But... Um, Bust is too strong a word, but I think you'd be a disappointment. I don't think you want to use a second round draft pick, which is a high draft pick, mm-hmm. for a guy who's not going to win the job. You know, I think this was the plan. He needs to win the job. If he doesn't, you've probably wasted that draft pick because he's a backup quarterback at that point. I wonder, and obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure, but if you knew Tom Brady was going to come back for a third season, I don't think you would have taken a quarterback don't take with that pick. I agree with you. You would I have totally taken somebody to help the team that year and the next. No question. But there was no guarantee Tom was coming. In fact, he retired after that In fact, season. he retired. Right. Exactly. You know, so part of it was you have to think back to two years ago when they took that pick. That's right. They had one more year guaranteed with Brady, and then they didn't know what they were going to do at quarterback. And that's all they could count on, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, there was no – there was no – clue that he would come back for a third year in fact he did retire again so you're right it's not the plan they had Brady changed it um you know and that's why Todd Bull says look you know Trask is one of the most mentally tough guys because he goes out there every day he puts his head down he works his butt off he's improved his body he's you know doesn't have the heavy feet um he's really worked to put himself in the best position and then he didn't get a helmet for another year you know he, he dressed two games in his career and played in one in mop-up duty so he's not gotten paid off he's not gotten the reward even just to get a helmet on sunday monday thursday whatever they play so i think it takes a lot of mental fortitude and he's he's taken this road before i mean like, this is not foreign to him he didn't start in high school Derek king did he goes to florida he's behind felipe franks starts the last two years knocks it out of the park goes to tampa bay here comes tom brady so he knows he's not going to play at least the first year. Then it becomes two years. So this is the, always the path he has traveled. Um, and they got to count on him for putting himself in position, you know, with some time. That's the way it used to be done. I mean, this this was this was the format for quarterbacks in this league. You didn't play rookies mm-hmm. day one like they do now. But now, you know, these owners don't buy green bananas. I mean, they, you know, I would be surprised if Carolina drafts C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, if those guys aren't starting week one. And I know they have Andy Dalton, and he's there for a reason. But there's a lot of damn pressure 
play the number one overall pick. Jameis played right away on one of the worst football teams in the NFL, or the worst, because they got the number one pick. It's a tough position. But bust, I mean, he could have a second act, you know, because he's just not played. I mean, he could go somewhere potentially and find himself in the mix and go in there and, and, and knock it over. I mean, here's the thing. The comparison, I think, for him, if I were just going to say, you know, like, remember Mac Jones as a rookie? He was really good. I mean, there was a time when people were talking about MVP for Mac Jones, and I think they missed the playoffs nearly. But, I mean, Mac Jones has a better arm. He's more mobile. He beat Trask. But they went toe-to-toe with the same number of first-round picks on their rosters, uh, Alabama versus Florida. And I think it's a good comparison. I mean, I, I, I think Trask in the right situation could do what Mac has done. Um, now, from what I've seen, he's going to have to complete a lot more passes. And Mac had trouble with that last year because I think they blew the offensive coordinator position for him. But he's going to have to come out and, and be more accurate and make you know throws against air and do all those things. Um, but that's his ceiling. You know, to me, you know, the Patriots are still going with Mac. I mean, that that Trask could do that on the right football team, on a team that runs the football, that plays good defense. Um, he could maybe do that, but we'll have to see because he just hasn't been in the fire. And that, and truly, the Bucks don't know what they have. How could they? They just haven't had him out there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Brian sent you an email. says, the tone of the media about the rival of Baker Mayfield acts as if we found the answer. What I can say is that Kyle Trask will not run from competition. Derek King, Felipe Franks, Emory Jones, Malik Zaire. I believe he has the best Gator winning percentage since Tim Tebow. Give the kids some respect. Let's refrain from using the name Mayfield in the same sentence as Tom Brady. I'm not even a big pro football fan or even a big Gator fan, but I am a big Kyle Trask fan. When has it been fashionable for high school kids to cut and run for better opportunity? or college kids to jump into the portal, or its anemic predecessor. Kyle Trask stays and competes. Yeah. I can't disagree with a lot of what he says. Um, I, I would say this, that I don't think anybody's talking about Baker Mayfield as Tom Brady in the same sentence. In fact, um, Baker was asked about succeeding Tom Brady. He goes, let's be honest, I'm not Tom Brady. I can't be Tom Brady. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no way I can replicate anything he has done. I mean, he was very adamant about that but he said I'm going to be the best version of me Um, and so I think in sort of writing about Baker Mayfield and and look there's a lot of Gator fans and and this guy says he's not a big you know necessarily a big football guy in particular Um, but some of the things he talks about is right I mean again he he was very successful at a very high level in the SEC which the last time I checked was the best conference in in college football that is not easy to do and like we said, he has waited his turn. He has worked his butt off. And when he gets his chance, he knocks it out of the park. If he does that, he's going to be the starting quarterback. He just is. There, there's no you know, allegiance to Baker Mayfield. He's on a one-year deal, and he's getting paid backup money. He'd have to play to make $8.5 million, $8.5 million, and play a lot. 
So he's going to make closer to four. And he's basically getting paid, you know, what a, a kind of a lower level backup would make, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I think Lockout in Seattle, who has no chance of starting because of Geno Smith, is, is making essentially the same contract. So it's in about contract. Um, you know, I don't have a problem talking about Mayfield. No one's comparing him to to Brady. Uh, and, and I would, I would say that's true. Like one of the things that's tough these days in college football, and I think it drives every coach crazy, although I'm glad they have the opportunity as players is that this height, this transfer portal, and you see it in AAU basketball, you see it in AAU soccer, like you're going to keep going somewhere. Even in high school, they transfer. I knew a guy that went to three high schools to play quarterback. They're going to, they're going to keep moving around until they get the job, you know, cause the idea is to play Kyle Trask was willing to stand in there and fight and earn it. And I think there's something to be said for that. And, you know, I and a lot of guys do cut and run, and I, I take my hat off to him. Now, he doesn't have the choice because he's under contract. It's different than college football. You can't say, hey, go to Jason Light and go, hey, release me. I got no chance against Baker Mayfield. Um, they want as many good quarterbacks as they can stockpile. So you don't have the transfer portal in the NFL. But, I mean, I do give him credit for – having a little gumption and and competing. And this will be a competition. I look forward to seeing what Kyle Trask has. I really do. I think that, I think Baker's right, and he said this. Every football team he's ever been on, the competition brings out the best in you. It just does. I mean, and, you know, the, the misconception, one of the misconceptions about Baker, and there, there's a bunch, but one of them is, you know, that he's not a good teammate. He's a great teammate. He will, if he doesn't win the job, he will support Baker Mayfield. Or he'll support Kyle Trask as much as anybody on that on that uh, roster. He'll be in that meeting room. He'll be doing his job. He'll be helping them dissect things. He will he will try to help this team win. Um, that's what he wants to do. You know, he's been in Cleveland. They lost a lot of games. Carolina didn't win there. Fired their head coach. You know, got traded or uh, picked up on waivers the last four games against the Rams. They weren't a winning program. He did win a game in the last four, but he wants to win. And I think he's matured a lot. So. If he doesn't get the job, I don't think you're going to see a situation where he sulks, goes into the tank, uh, you know, cuts the kneecaps, the trash. Like, that's that's not going to happen. And, you know, with the exception of Brady, I mean, I think I saw a stat like there were almost 70 quarterbacks started games last year. You know, it was 60-something quarterbacks because, you know, Cam Newton has tried out, uh, went to Auburn's Pro Day, and he was saying, I, I know I'm as good as, you know, 1 through 32. But there was actually almost 70 quarterbacks that played last that started a game last year. So you're going to need two in most teams. And, you know, Brady has been a freak. He had the ACL, and then he's really never missed any time, you know, since then. Um, but generally speaking, you're going to get some guys hurt. Mayfield certainly has been hurt in both in Cleveland and Carolina. He sprained, had a bad ankle sprain, knocked him out in Carolina, had that uh, shoulder separation and re-injured it again, the left shoulder in Cleveland played through that injury so you know stuff happens so i think um there's a good chance you'll see both quarterbacks this year for for one reason or another all right speaking of quarterbacks buck tank tweeted us will ryan griffin be back with the bucks and continue to extend the longest tenured quarterback in bucks history i mean it's amazing it really is and i he has thrown four more passes than me in the national football league and he's completed two more than me and yet, what is this, like his 10th season? Somewhere in there, I'd have to look 10 or 11. I mean, incredible, right? Um, and I always say this, too. Like, they don't just give these jobs away. 
You know, it's not like you can walk in over there one buck play and say, hey, I'd like to be the third back. I'd like to be the third quarterback and, and make the veteran minimum of a million dollars and play on the practice squad. And, um, of course, you run the practice squad. You don't make quite that much. But, like, I, I'll just practice Monday through, you know, through Thursday and or Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And you can, you know, sit me in street clothes on the sidelines on Sunday. I'm good with that. Who wouldn't be? And that's what Ryan Griffin has done. But he still has his dream of playing in the NFL, and he has his role. And of late, his role has been to mentor Trask. You know, he's given him a lot of advice. He's been around a long time and a lot of quarterbacks. So I don't know what the – there'll be four, I think, for training camp. I don't know if Ryan Griffin's going to be one of them. But I don't know that he won't be, you know, because you have to have a guy that's, again, willing to accept his role. Uh, and this has been his role for years and years and years as that – you know, now it's a practice squad quarterback. Used to be the, you know, the uh, the third quarterback. But they've got to have four for camp. Three of them will make the team. One will probably be on the practice squad. Now veterans are eligible for that. I don't know, to be honest, as we sit here, you know, whether or not they have plans to, you know, to bring Ryan back for training camp. But I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the question. You know, why couldn't you do the same job he's done for the last nine or ten years? All right, we'll wrap up on this one tonight. Michael had uh, emailed you. It says, Carolina picked up running back Miles Sanders. I thought he would have been a good fit for Tampa's new offense with the RPO. Was he just too expensive? And why Carolina? Well, Carolina um, had a need for a running back, and they have more salary cap room. There's no question about that. I like Miles Sanders a lot. Um, I don't think running backs are getting paid all that much as I look across free agency. But really, if you're Miles Sanders and you call Tampa Bay, they're going to tell you that they're they're really interested in seeing what they have in Rashad White. Um, you know, they drafted this kid pretty high. Um, he eventually took over the starting role last year, about halfway through the season. You had the game in Germany and the angry run, and that was his only hundred yard game. But in this offense, with the outside zone blocking. He's going to get a chance at, you know, what, 215 pounds, whatever he is, um, to put his foot in the ground and see what he can do, uh, both running and receiving. And so I think it's more about what they think they have in Rashad White. And they still like Keyshawn Vaughn, who's still on this team, you know. Um, so, you know, they and they signed another running back. So I think, I think Sanders was looking for an opportunity to at least compete for a starting job, if, if not be the guy. And – you know, and and he has a good chance of doing that in Carolina. So uh, usually for these players, it comes down to two things, money and opportunity, and generally they're tied together, right? The more opportunity, if a team sees you as a starter, they're going to pay you more money. If you have, if other teams see you that way, you're going to have leverage against whatever team you sign with. And so I would just say that, you know, in, in Tampa's situation, they're, they're committed to Rashad White and finding out what they have. Um, Leonard Fournette is not here anymore. He said he asked for his trade or asked to be cut. He got his wish, however that happened. Um, and so, you know, they're going to move forward. But they're moving forward with Rashad White, and I think that's that as much as anything is why Miles Sanders isn't here. All right, thanks for your questions. All of those answered 100% correctly. Your money back. If you have some more questions, we'll be able to get to a couple tomorrow as well on the podcast. You can send those to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at Anvil Stroud. Email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Lightning are looking to bounce back on their road trip at Ottawa. 
and we'll see if they can do that. And we are one week, T-minus just one week from opening day with the Rays against the Tigers, I believe. Is that right, Steve? That's correct. It's a 310 uh, first pitch at Tropicana Field. How about that? Yeah, excited It's a doubleheader that. that day. So, so it's a 310 first pitch at Tropicana Field. The Lightning then hosts the Capitals at 7 o'clock at Amelie Arena. Oh, God. What a, what a great day to take off and just hit them both, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a sports fan, that'd be so awesome. Especially man. if the baseball games now are going shorter, you know, 240, 245, you know. Yeah. yeah That's going to be the best thing. to get thing. back to Amelie Arena. I'm, I'm predicting that as much as, like, you know, there'll be some hiccups in, in the pitch mm-hmm. clock and, you know, maybe a, maybe a game will end with a walk-off walk or a walk-off strikeout or whatever, and that may happen. But I'm going to tell you that I think the fans are going to love, love, I know the media will, but fans are going to love knowing that that game is going to be under three hours instead of 3.30, 3.45. Like some of those games could last forever. And I think it's going to be a big change in baseball, and I think it's going to be good. Also interested to see how the shift, uh, the lack of shift works out and things like that. So anyway, um, yeah, send your mailbag questions in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll check out the Lightning against Ottawa. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 